Welcome to California Ballot Breakdown from KPFA, where we take you through the stakes of what's on your ballot, the money behind the campaigns, give everyone enough time to make their best argument, and then try to get them off their talking points. On today's special. California become the first state in the nation to eliminate the predatory bail industry. It's a form of racial profiling, this use of an algorithm to determine the fate of a person's life. In 2018, groups working for civil rights and against mass incarceration went into the legislature hoping to ban cash bail. By the end of the session, they came out with a bill so compromised, some of them pulled their support. Now, the bail bond industry is trying to take it off California's law books altogether. What is a voter to do? Well, stick around and we'll have a debate on Proposition 25 on California Ballot Breakdown. Hey, Brian Edwards Teekert here with a, a quick note. Uh, this debate and most of the debates that we are posting in this podcast feed these days uh, originally broadcast live on our morning show, Upfront, which airs on KPFA weekday mornings starting at 7 a.m. That's why my voice sounds a little bit more processed than it does right now. Uh, it has gone through several layers of transmission, processing, recording, and reproduction uh, in order to get to this podcast. In any case, uh, it's a good show. You should check it out. KPFA.org or 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. All right, here's the debate. Back to the California ballot, this time for Proposition 25. This is a referendum. Uh, meaning it is an attempt to reverse something that lawmakers already approved. Uh, In 2018, the state legislature tried to end the use of money bail in California. Uh, That means no spending time in jail waiting for your trial just because you couldn't afford the ticket out. Instead, uh, under the law that California passed, if you're charged with most misdemeanors, you would stay free until trial automatically. If you were charged with a more serious crime, The decision to keep you in jail would not come down to a price tag. It would come down to an assessment of whether you were more likely to do crimes while you were out and whether you were likely to actually come back for your trial. That is what the legislature passed. That is what the governor signed. And that is what the bail bond industry paid signature gatherers to get onto the ballot in a referendum. Uh, Now it will not go into effect unless yes on 25 gets more votes than no. For these debates, we put on the debaters that the campaigns give us, so we open by telling you who is paying for the campaigns. The pro side, Proposition 25, had collected just over $8 million by this time last month, uh, most of it from former Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer and his wife. The con side had collected just over $9 million, almost entirely from bail bond companies and the insurance companies that they work with. Joining us to debate it in the affirmative, John Bowders, who's the Budget Advocacy Director with Californians for Safety and Justice. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. On the con side, Robert Apodaca, co-founder of California Community Builders, which is a nonprofit affordable housing developer. Good morning to you. Good morning. A pleasure to be here this John? morning with you. Oh, it's nice to have you. Uh, John, because you're in the affirmative, you get to go first. Take two minutes. Make the case for Prop 25. Thank you. There are three primary reasons why voters should vote yes on Proposition 25. Um, first of all, Proposition 25 would be the first, California would become the first state in the nation to eliminate the predatory bail industry. 
The predatory bail industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. It profits largely off of communities of color. It deepens poverty in our communities. It exacerbates economic inequalities, um, and it harms the, the goals of social justice for communities at large in California. Uh, the second reason is that it actually will significantly reduce pretrial incarceration across California. So currently in California today, we spend almost $5 million a day um, holding people pretrial in California jails. Uh, multiple, multiple independent researchers have evaluated evaluated how Senate Bill 10 um, would impact the pretrial incarceration rate. And they have found the Public Policy Institute of California estimates that approximately 140,000 fewer Californians annually would sit in jail pretrial waiting to be heard um, for trial under Senate Bill 10. Um, this significant reduction has been um, mirrored also in independent groups like the Legislative Analyst Office, which, um, as you noted at the outset, significant reduction in misdemeanors sitting in court or jail pretrial. Um, it would also, um, lastly, uh, remove the fines and fees um, that are currently in place for people in lieu of bail. So even if you were to eliminate the cash bail system, there are a lot of fines and fees put on people pretrial. Um, and Senate Bill 10 would also be one of the first in the nation to fully eliminate um, all the fines and fees that come attached to pretrial release. So a defendant actually has their freedom, gets to go home innocent until proven guilty and prepare for their defense um, pending trial. All right, uh, Robert Apodaca, same to you. Two minutes to make the case against Prop 25. Sure, well, thank you. Um, first of all, uh, it, it's important to uh, um, restate what the objective of knowing Prop 25 is, and that is to defeat uh, SB 10, which was ramrod through the legislature uh, after many months of negotiating with all the, the parties and a last minute change was made and we ended up having uh, SB 10. So the intent here is uh, not to preserve bail in its current form, but simply to defeat uh, SB 10, uh, Prop 25, and, and send this uh, Senate back to the legislature for further reform. So <clears throat> um, there's a number of reasons why we're opposed to it, and that is uh, that uh, first and foremost, it's it's a violation of civil rights. I'm not an attorney, but the ACLU and many other law firms, legal aid uh, organizations argued that it was a violation of people's civil rights not to have the right to, uh, uh, to, to bail. Uh, and. But really, the more compelling reason to be opposed to it is that the it's it's a, it's a form of racial profiling. This use of an algorithm to determine the fate of a person's life is just um, it's, it's just crazy in today's world. But we're seeing a lot of that. So what's amazing is that um, many of the leading artificial intelligence uh, uh, organ companies, beginning with Google and others, Facebook, there's hundreds of businesses, corporations that, that all have determined that uh, algorithms are racially biased. They're great for selecting music, they're great, uh, algorithms are great for selecting uh, uh, songs, but they're certainly not what we want uh, when it comes to justice and it's not really what we want uh, for lending um, practices as, as well. So <clears throat> the ACLU, NAACP and virtually every social justice organization in the state of California and throughout the country voiced their uh, uh, vehement uh, uh, disapproval of SB 10 and now we want to defeat it to send it back to the legislature for further review. Um, so with that, um, I'll um, 
Patrick, back to you. Robert, we're at time, so I'm going to jump in here, and I want to kind of clarify where, where the terms of disagreement are. Uh, it sounds like your big complaint is with the portion of Prop 25 that requires these risk assessment tools for people who commit more, more serious crimes, uh, most of the felonies. Do you have a problem with just getting rid of cash bail for nonviolent misdemeanors? Uh, no, I, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but I just have a I just have a problem with the continuation of of, uh, of racial profiling. Uh, let's okay, take a look I, at I heard your point. I just want to make sure uh, that we're not uh, violently uh, agreeing on things where you two overlap. So so let's put that to to John Bowders. Um, this this is a concern we heard when this bill was moving through the legislature. A, a few groups working on mass incarceration. Uh, pulled their support, basically flipped to neutral when it made it into its final language. Um, they, they were concerned about the risk assessment tools, the, the algorithms I think he was just referring to, because there's some documentation now in, in other states where these have been used, is, is that when you feed an algorithm a data set of all the existing records from a criminal justice system uh, that has very racist disparities on every level, then the recommendations those algorithms start making are just as racist as the data they're processing. Um, what's your response to the concern about, you know, that specific part, the the risk assessment tools? Thanks for the question. Yeah. So to to start on the risk assessment tools, I think it's important. I think you you were just noting this as well. Um, the entire system is racist, and we recognize that. Um, and there are a lot of criminal justice reform organizations actually on the Yes campaign, the Anti Recidivism Coalition, um, the Western Center on Law and Poverty, others. Um, some of the opponents that were named are actually neutral. The ACLU is neutral on this. Um, and risk assessment tools, um, as you noted, similar to police misconduct, sentencing standards, um, the use of prosecutorial discretion, post-conviction relief, we can talk about various elements of um, the criminal justice system and point to the various ways in which it um, basically furthers um, institutionalized racism and harms communities of color today. Um, so it is, it's true that it compiles a, a bunch of data that's evidence-derived. Um, it has to be statistically significant for use in a criminal justice setting. And I think um, folks who point out that some of those elements, right, so a person's past conviction history, um, you know, when we over-police brown and black communities, there, there could be concerns about how that has influenced a person's past conviction history. Um, but those, there's a, a myriad of factors that are used in compiling um, um, the data for a risk assessment tool, and we we were aware of that um, in the in the development of um, Senate Bill 10, and all the groups who came on the bill at the beginning all supported the risk assessment tools because the kind of the national consensus was this is a much better approach to the exploitative cash bail system. Um, but as we moved through the process with the bill, um, there was an awareness that some of these um, indirect impacts of racism in other parts of the system could impact that analysis. Um, and so, both in Senate Bill 10 and its companion legislation, Senate Bill 36, we put a series of guardrails and protections in place to that make risk assessment tools as they will be used under this bill different than they are used elsewhere in the country. Um, so a couple of really important things to point out. First, 
is that the tool before it can be used has to be validated locally. So as opposed to taking a sample set from Georgia and compiling 200,000 um, people's data there and using that to devise a statistically significant probability about risk, um, it actually has to be um, done in um, Contra Costa or Alameda County if it's going to be used in that county. So the data has to match the community it's gonna serve first of all. Um, second is that the tool has to be opened up. So the county actually, which is not the case anywhere else that I'm aware of, um, the county actually has to open up the tool under SB 36, it has to show the public which factors it's using, how it's weighting those factors in the, in the calculation it's making about risk, and it has to produce annual reporting on racial disparities. So it actually has to report how the tool has been used and how it's impacting the people it's being used on as defendants. So the court, this is going to reveal things like um, implicit bias in judges, um, court practices that are disparate between um, judges within a county or county to county as the practices are going, and that review has to happen annually and be reported to the judicial counsel and then finally the tool has to be revalidated every three years to ensure that it's actually a reflection of the community it's working in um, and it has to be improved and monitored by the judicial council so those protections don't exist elsewhere and so while um, we would agree that there, the the various fragments of the system that have inherent racism in them um, do do have you know the potential to um, be part of the equation we've done what we can to make sure that those things are um, mitigated and made transparent so that the, the public and the community and advocates can join in for, for making the um, risk assessment tools the best use possible. So I want to um, I want to ditch like the jargon for a second and and kind of make it clear what the issue is here, right? Um, if you've got an algorithm that says flag someone as a risk who has to stay in jail pre-trial if they've got a record, then it's going to be biased against groups of people who have records. So like. The suburb I grew up on, on the East Coast, when the cops pulled over a white kid driving home drunk from the yacht club, most of the time they just made sure that kid got home safe. They did that on the other side of track, the tracks. It was usually a black or a Mexican kid getting their first citation and, and starting a criminal record. Um, an algorithm working off the data set produced by that system of policing will keep the black or the Mexican kid engaged in basically the same activities in jail and, and let the white kid out under the same circumstances. So I, I guess my question is, it, it sounds like you're saying we've got tools for fixing this a few years down the road, if that's showing up in what's happening. What about the people who were kept in jail pre-trial for those first few years? Uh, well, I would just say there's people kept exactly. in pretrial. Let's not minimize. One second. Let's not minimize. Robert, let him finish up. Yeah, I, I would say, I, I mean, I think you're raising a fair point. I would I would just highlight two things. One, people sit in trial, pretrial for bail today. It's completely racist. It's completely, the, the judge puts his thumb on the high end of the bail schedule because the person who walks in, as you noted, is black or Mexican or Latino. And the judge just decides, I don't like the way you look. And they set the bail at the highest amount. You can look at uh, Mr. Ken Humphrey's case, set at $600,000 for stealing a bottle of cologne and $5. Yet Brock Turner, who was convicted of rape in uh, at Stanford, was set at $150,000. Um, so that happens today, and I'm not here to diminish what you're saying. Um, I would I would note, though, that the characterization that 
um, the risk assessment tool tells the judge to do something is, is not completely accurate. It, it provides an assessment. It comes along with other things, right? The tool doesn't say, judge, you have to do X or Y. It comes with a report from the pretrial assessment services agency, other information about how the person can be released safely into the public. Um, and again, those factors are weighted. They're among 30 to 40 factors that are considered. Um, and so while you're, you're not inaccurate or um, your concern isn't misplaced, I think, um, I think that the, the goal here is to eliminate the completely predatory system that currently robs communities of color of the resources they have um, in order to secure their release. And the alternative people have today is they plead guilty. Um, that's the only other way people get pretrial release if they can't post bail is they plead to get out. Um, and so we, we're seeing harm to communities today. And the only other thing I would say is that if the notion is, well, we should just reject this, right? And, and twice it's been said on this show, I just have to correct this, that this needs to be sent back to the legislature. It doesn't get sent back to the legislature. In fact, the law says under referendum law that if a matter is rejected by the voters, the legislature is legally precluded from taking the issue up unless the issue is essentially different. And because this is fully writing cash bail out of the California code, um, the voters, if they reject it, there will be no opportunity to do that. We will have a wealth-based system going forward. Um, and the legislature, the idea that it's going to take up um, this reform again after okay, the voters have sure said I no get, uh, will, will not be equal real. time with Robert Apodaca. And, and I actually want him to respond on this point because, Robert, you, you conceded that it, it's good to get rid of cash bail for for nonviolent misdemeanor offenses, which Prop 25 does. Uh, you said you wanted to fix the, the algorithm part. Well, John Bowder has just made the case that if this referendum passes, uh, that's not even going to be something the legislature can talk uh, uh, about doing again. What's your response? Well, first of all, um, I'm not sure that I have a response in terms of uh, it going back to the legislature. But what I wanted to point out is that it's it's too cavalier to say that you know that uh, this uh, algorithm it's 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 being developed. It has been developed, and there are all these put uh, guardrails, and it could be three year fix. You know, explain that to somebody who's just spent seven eight days in jail. And then, and then the uh, charges are dropped. The person's lost their job, uh, and, and then it's, it just creates all kinds of problems for the family. And it's just, uh, and, and in today's world, it's really spelling the end of, of, of their life. So it's just, it's just too cavalier that that uh, that that there's all this hope in in uh, software. Uh, uh, being fixed. When you have all these, when you have uh, Google and others uh, saying that it's racially biased, they're not saying it is racially biased and there are some fixes. But even then, I, I, I'm not sure that I would believe them because, you know, here here in the Bay Area, four years ago, three years ago, um, everyone was anticipating these self-driving cars. And, and where are we today? We're not even closer today to having that. So there's just... There's just too much hype when it comes to uh, artificial intelligence, and uh, and there's um, and and it, and that that hype is particularly not uh, good when uh, it affects uh, ethnic minorities. Yeah, but uh, I I guess the question is, this is kind of the final conversation about overhauling the bail system. If your side, if the no side wins on 25, it sounds like you do want to change the rules. So it is easier for people to stay out of jail while they're awaiting trial. So why, why does that add up to a no vote for you? 
Well, b because the alternative is is worse than what we have right now with with the bail system. I mean, I I think that there's all the sides are are, are willing to come back to the table and and to uh, reform it. And um, and and I, and I I see my uh, other party nodding his head. No, they're not willing to come back. But the the you know. The people that I've been talking to, uh, the social justice organizations, were really upset that that this bill was hijacked in the last week and ramrodded through. So there there is a desire to continue to work on reforming this. Um, I, I I will leave uh, the the legalities of whether the legislature can take up something that's been rejected by voters in a referendum again. Uh, to, to people who are actually lawyers. But I do want to point out the politics of this. Uh, if the legislature pours a lot of time into passing a bill, and then the bail bond industry pumps $9 million into getting it reversed at the ballot box, uh, that's probably not a fight that lawmakers are going to be interested in picking again. Um, do you think it's a problem to give a big win to the bail bond industry? Well, I think it, I think it's a big win uh, uh, for democracy. I mean, that's I mean, you know, that's there there have been there have been other laws that have been passed that have been, that have been repealed, and and you know, that's 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 what this uh, that's what California is all about. So, uh, um, and as in terms of the 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 bail industry, I I believe the yes on twenty five are all spending us by a margin of two to one. So. Um, what about that money? This, this is not this is not the case of the people, you know, uh, supporting um, uh, Prop 25. This is a lot of money that's behind Prop 25. The yes on, on 25. Yeah, I, I laid that out at the beginning. Uh, it's principally coming from an ex Microsoft CEO and and his wife. Um, are are you saying they have some financial interest in in easing bail bond rules? I'm not sure what their interest is, um, but you know, um, the the money's the money's been put up for this for this point, though. Right, but you, I mean, you get there's a clear interest by the bail bond industry um, in preventing their industry from being wiped out by a new law. Well, of course, they don't want their industry to be wiped out, but they also believe that um, that there's a lot of room for for reform, and and they didn't have that opportunity. So let's let's go back to the legislature to do that. All right, um, I can just give you about one minute more, John Bowders, and we have to give Robert Apodaca the final word. Do you want to respond to anything he said? I would. Thank you so much. So uh, as somebody who worked um, in the Capitol on Senate Bill 10 and has worked in the legislature for years, I would just highlight that when voters have passed prior criminal justice reform measures like Prop 47, 57, 64 to make cannabis legal in California and remove criminal records for people, um, there were attempts by other legislators to roll back and, and eat away at those types of reforms that voters approved. Um, but the clear message voters sent was that we want more criminal justice reform. We want to move the needle towards a more just and racially fair system. Um, and 
And the legislature hung its hat on that and said, we're not going to roll these things back. We're not going to eat away at them. It sends a very different message. If you vote no on this, it tells the legislature, um, hey, we've gone too far or this is too much. And as you noted, why would the legislature pick this up? The answer is they won't. They won't. This had a 41 votes in the assembly, which is the bare minimum it needs to pass. The bail industry would still be here with all its money. It spent over $3 million the last few years in Sacramento fighting this bill and putting money in the pockets of legislators. And it would put a chilling effect on the entire criminal justice reform movement. And to just cavalierly say the legislature will just take this back up and they'll do this shows a lack of understanding of how um, that process actually works. Um, the legislature in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder and the Black Lives Matter movement didn't take its own policing reform bills up off the floor for a vote. It didn't even give them a vote in August. So the idea that even with a Democratic majority, people are super excited to do the hard work necessary to run a, a, a major reform like bail reform or criminal justice reform in the aftermath of voters disapproving it is shows a lack of understanding of how the system actually works. Californians need to pass Proposition 25 in order to keep this movement going. We recognize and see the things that still need to be addressed, but with the bail bondsman out of the picture, that becomes a much clearer path for, for justice and racial equality in California, and we hope people will vote yes. All right, John Powders, we gave you the first word because you're in the pro side on Prop 25. Robert Apodaca, that means you get the last word. we got about 90 seconds left. Go ahead. Sure. So leave it, uh, not leaving aside the most powerful reason to be opposed to Prop, uh, Prop 25, the, uh, the uh, uh, racial injustice and racial profiling aspect of it. There's also the practical side of it, and that is the, the cost to the counties. Uh, this is going to be a very expensive operation for the counties, and uh, you know the, the state says that they're going to reimburse them, but there have been other measures that the state passes, laws that they pass, and then uh, the counties are left holding the bag. And uh, and one uh, so there uh, the the people at the county are going to hire are simply the ones that are going to be. Uh, with a computer asking the 20 questions and then determining the fate of, of those people uh, charged with the crime. So there's still the other aspect of then getting those people to show up to court. And there's been no provision, no budgeting for that. So that it's poss possibly could increase the risk of people not even uh, showing up to court. So uh, here again, uh, there, uh, the uh, yes on 25, they're... they're, they're um, they're, they're hoping for the best in solving this with uh, with software and algorithms, and I, th I think it's a, it's a half-baked idea that should not be tried with, with um, people's lives. All right. That was the voice of Robert Apodaca, co-founder of California Community Builders, arguing against Proposition 25. In the affirmative, we had John Bowders, Budget Advocacy Director with Californians for Safety and Justice. Thank you both of you for joining us. Thanks for having Thank you. Well, that does it for another debate edition of California Ballot Breakdown. A big thanks to Corinne Smith, who produces these segments. My name is Brian Edwards Teeker. Tomorrow, we're going to be rounding up a bunch of local races in the Bay Area, highlighting in particular those races that have drawn a lot of outside money for reasons that are not entirely obvious and races that are otherwise not exactly what they appear. So that's going to be our local edition tomorrow. If you don't want to miss it, subscribe to California Ballot Breakdown wherever you get podcasts or at kpfa.org. And remember, in California, your vote matters even more down the ballot.